remember in a in a bathroom like you know I would would Mm -hmm. use the the girls bathroom and Mm -hmm. I think it was a field trip situation where other schools were there and someone was like kind of aggressive like you can't be in here like you can't be in this bathroom like this is the girls bathroom and like I was getting in trouble in the moment right like I was like do a quote-unquote right wrong but inside I was like so 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 happy that this person was so convinced I was a boy you know right so it's just this kind of conflict of like I don't know I don't think that stuff it, it's like there's there's good and bad things to it all like it's just I have this really unique perspective of what it's like to like live in one body but like feel a different way Hello, everyone, and welcome to the intro episode of the It's About Being Seen podcast. I am your host of the podcast, Nikki Hiltz, and I am here with my co-host, Emma Gee. Hi, I'm Emma. Nice to meet everyone. (laughs) So this episode is just kind of an intro to talk about, like, what it's all about and what is what is the about being seen podcast okay so i feel like we have to go back in time and talk a little bit about last year's race so last year the pride 5k was held in june pride month and Mm -hmm. the very end of the month june 28th um and you know it was this huge culmination of people coming together um to run for LGBTQ plus youth. And basically, on that day, it was obviously a virtual race. So a lot of this played out online and on social media. Mm-hmm. And on that day, um, people used the race um, to come out and, you know, to like share publicly on social media, like, hey, I'm here and I'm queer, basically. Yes, (laughs) we love that. (laughs) We love it. And I remember that day being like, whoa, okay, wait. I remember being with Mac and Sam up in Park City, and I was like, wait, is this a coming out post? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was just kind of hit me. Like, I never thought that, that this race could be that. I don't know, it just, like, never crossed my mind that someone could use this race to come out. And, so yeah, and I was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, so I started following those people because I'm, like, that's epic. That's cool. And I think mm-hmm. I just, I really wanted to talk to all of them. I wanted to connect with them, right? Because I was, like, that was, like, just so special. And yeah. so this year, when we were planning this race, I was like okay I need to talk to these people like I need to hear their coming out stories or like and I kind of recognized an opportunity to share those people's coming out stories and um that's through podcasting I I love podcasts I'm a big big podcast guy (laughs) (laughs) I was like let's do it you know we can incorporate these into the training plans people can listen to them while they run while they stretch while they you know, get ready for the day, like whatever. And, you know, just kind of share each of their stories. Um, I ended up tracking down four people who came out. Um, and yeah, I, it was awesome. We recorded four, four episodes. Emma, you were there for one of them with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some technical difficulties. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I need to do 
like a quick disclaimer when it comes to coming out. Um, so these are just four people's coming out stories. I, the Trevor Project has a coming out handbook and, you know, they have a really great disclaimer. And I, I think I'll just like read it right now because it's just so beautifully written and says it all. Um, so the things you hear about coming out may make you feel pressured to take steps that you don't feel right for you or that you don't feel prepared for. Your experience is truly unique to you. You get to decide what works best and you are valid and deserve support no matter what, who you do or do not share your identities with. So beautiful. So beautiful. Um, the Trevor Project has incredible resources like this, like all throughout their website and socials. And yeah, I, I remember you and I reading that and we're like, where was this when we were coming out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's always good to just know that you're allowed to take things at your own place and you know yourself best. So yeah, I think that's well, an important thing to remember. No, definitely. But I, I mean, I feel like we kind of jumped ahead. I feel like we need to go back and kind of be like, what is the <laughs> what Trevor is Project? the Trevor you know? Project? Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what the Trevor Project is, they are like the leading organization that provides crisis and, and suicide intervention for LGBTQ young people, and those resource resources are so important, and it's you know one of the big reasons why the Pride 5K is fundraising for them. Yeah, I mean, the whole goal of all this is to raise money for the Trevor Project and, and you know, do a big fun Pride 5K to fundraise. Um, and we actually had someone fundraise last year. One of our, one of the people that I interview, um, you know, he took the opportunity to not only come out, but like do his own little fundraiser for the race. Yeah, I guess we'll start with Scott. So Scott is week four, so he'll be the last one, the last story you listen to. But um, yeah, no, he was definitely someone that was so fun to talk to. And his episode was hilarious because we had some tef- technical difficulties, didn't we? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It went so smoothly. Um, that one's kind of a special episode because you actually hear from Emma again. You know, it's it's you and me kind of both both um, interviewing Scott. No, but he was great. And I really, I feel like, I feel like we should take like one thing to focus on each person. Is that, is that what we're doing here? whatever whatever comes to mind this is a podcast whatever um yeah (laughs) I really love the part so he's married um him and his wife got married in 2019 and I loved when he was like telling you asked him um you know what was that like to tell your wife that you're bi and he was like Mm. he said it it wasn't this big moment of like I'm bi you know whatever he was like it was a journey of self-discovery and like his wife Katie was kind of on it with him and I was like wow I really I really relate to that too you know like with you and me and like you know me coming out recently I was like yeah like that's I was just listening to it because by that point you had taken over and I couldn't speak I was just listening <laughs> you were um, voiceless yeah, I love that so much like you know sometimes someone and I love that he just kind of had someone there to go through it with him you know Absolutely. I think it's so reassuring when something that 
can impact so much of how you experience the world you can find a safe place in someone who you care about and I think that is absolutely beautiful that his wife you know is so supportive of him and yeah absolutely beautiful and their wedding pictures are 10 out of 10 so yeah yeah they got married in San Diego I'm pretty sure those are great anyway very, very cool pics very cool but I don't know why I'm focusing on the pics yeah you were all over their wedding <laughs> she had a lovely gown <laughs> which I loved <laughs> he looks great we, we definitely ship that couple I um, yes yes we do a hundred percent but yeah I think we I mean I think we talk a lot about like representation and that's like it's just like another big part about why I wanted to do these podcasts because just like diving a little deeper on representation like there's so many different types of people who are happen to be like in the LGBTQ community you know it's not just like one one flavor of of a person you know so it's really really cool because all these people were so cool and I you know I love them all but it was like they were also different too yeah definitely showcasing the diversity of the alphabet mafia (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly and I mean it's cool because like you and I are also different you know we're also in the community and like we don't speak like I don't speak for all non-binary people and you don't speak for all like Mormon bisexual people like (laughs) unfortunately I wish I could I'm kidding (laughs) I'm kidding but it's just it's just cool to hear everyone's different like coming out stories and oh definitely I mean I think what was really reassuring I mean so Scott's was reassuring in the sense that I felt like one of the biggest takeaways is just that it's really never like too late to kind of Mm. be who you are and show up as yourself and I because I don't know sometimes I feel like when I was considering coming out like there was this pressure like you need to do it sooner than later or whatever and then I honestly found myself in a situation where I had come out a little too soon and I didn't feel like completely prepared to do so and it, it did feel a little bit unsafe so I felt very reassured that like hearing from Scott you know that like it's never too late and also like there isn't ever like a right time to do it it's about when you're ready yeah yeah and like there's no timeline of self-discovery you know yeah yeah no I think that was really cool yeah I really liked that part he's like you know I was 34 and I came out and not that and it's so funny because not that 34 is like old by any means (laughs) not at all he's so young (laughs) he's so young yeah but yeah um no great conversation love him what was it what was it like when you came out you mean was I ready when it comes to like being too soon or too late yeah um I mean I think it will it's complicated because it obviously wasn't too soon because I did it like it's I was ready and so I that's why I did it you know yeah but it's also like I would hate to say like oh it was too late you know I, I it kind of is this weird feeling though because it felt like 
so good on so many levels. I was like, uh, like, I wish I could have been out sooner, you know? Yeah. But I, I never want to look at it as like, oh, I came out like I was too late. Like you, I have the rest of my life to be out now, you know? And it's, it, it was right. almost like the feeling was just like so amazing. And like, you know, now it's like, I can have that for forever. Yes. Oh, 100%. I mean, I feel like this was something that some of the other people that were were talked to in the podcast, like I think Maria and Jen both expressed that like, like you are who you are your whole life, you know, and coming out is more just like sharing that with people and like how much they now know about who you are. And so it's it's interesting that like some of the things like especially Jen mentioned is that she felt very much the same after coming out yeah and yeah and like I also like I'm like I also resonate that when when I came out too you know just that like I was very much like the same with myself but like definitely like my dynamic with the world yeah that did change a little bit and that was a big deal for me so I guess like in you coming out like yeah like especially with gender identity you know like your interactions with the world are a big part of that so I guess yeah like how are you how are you doing with that piece of things like does it feel different no yeah I think what what Jen said was it's just like it's really wise you know it'd be like yeah like nothing's changed and that just like shows that you're so aligned with like like on the inside you you know who you are and you are who you are Mm -hmm. and then but like you're saying, like when I, so I've always known this about myself, but now it's like, okay, now everyone knows and now they have to adjust to it or, you know, because it is like, a there's a learning like curve, especially when it comes to like pronouns and like, you know, gender identity, it's like, in order for me to be affirmed in my gender, I want people to refer to me as a certain way and like use they, them. And like, so, but it is this like, nobody knew this except for me and now I'm telling people so there there is this like kind of I feel like I'm in this grace period of people like adjusting trying to catch up to where I've been like for a while now you know that makes so much sense and as someone because I I know you and love you and I know that you care deeply about people feeling comfortable and welcome (laughs) around you so like like during this grace period I'm like how is it kind of balancing like you want you wanting people to feel comfortable around you, you know, with also like respecting your pronouns and like and like who you are and how you deserve to be referred to. You know, I guess with people that are still learning and that do make mistakes. How is that? Yeah, I mean, it all, all I will say is it, it just means so much to me when I do hear they them like someone referred to me as like, oh, them, you know, and mm-hmm it just means so much to me because I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're trying or, you know, like, yeah. And I, people do mess up, you know, like still all the time and like, that's okay. But I think it just, it's more so it's like, yeah, I just feel really like affirmed when it happens. And it's so interesting because I've been like misgendered my whole life, if you will, like I've been called she, her, like, you know, for forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it, it's funny, it, but now since coming out, we've talked, we've talked a little bit about this. It's like, now I, when someone says she, I look to them to see if they realize what they just did. And if they like feel awkward or like whatever, then I just like try to reassure them. I'm like, it's fine. Or, you know, like, and now it's like this weird, like mm-hmm. back and forth of like, 
I'm like, I'm fine. They're like, are you fine? I'm like, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But when someone uses they or them, I'm like, I I think I do like kind of visibly like smile because it's like, it's cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love that there's, you know, that like smile and that like really validated feeling when people use, you know, the right pronouns with you. And it also sounds exhausting kind of doing this (laughs) emotional work to help other people feel better about their mistake. Yeah. Um, That sounds terrible. And that's not something that a cisgender person you ever have to deal with for the most part. I guess I, I know, but I would know when someone's doing it, like, I know when someone's trying and they mess up, you know, versus like, being ignorant or like choosing not to you know what I mean like there's a difference there and so like intention yes is everything exactly exactly you're so much more forgiving than I am (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I I cannot I don't know I just I can't expect the world to like I don't know this is it's getting interesting but I because I don't know and maybe this is like I'm taking on too much like you said like responsibility for everyone else but like no one's known me as like I've just come out as this and now everyone has to like adjust and I can't Mm -hmm. expect that overnight or I'm not going like I'm not going to because I also understand that it's like this is news to them and they you know does that make sense (laughs) yeah I I guess people deserve an adjustment period (laughs) I guess they get that but but come on let's do better (laughs) Let's do better, honey. <laughs> not, uh, not the biggest deal in the world to get someone's pronouns correct. Right. I mean, and and also it's it's funny when you you talk about pronouns because it's like you only ever really use them. Like in this conversation, you it would be rare for me to call you she. Like I would just call you Emma. Like right now, I don't know. Right. Like, I, pronouns you use when you're talking about someone and they're not there. Yeah. Um. And so I'm like, don't talk about me. <laughs> I don't want to be perceived. Don't don't talk about me. <laughs> Just don't talk about me. Just keep my name and more importantly my pronouns out of your mouth. <laughs> Just, don't say Just don't even talk about me. Just, <laughs> Just don't even talk about me. Oh my gosh. Well, you're handling this with such grace and it's it's obviously something that is so important. Like when we talk about being misgendered, I'm like, never in my life has someone approached me and been and referred to me as a he, you know, but I, I guarantee that I would freak out if that happened. And I would be like, Oh no, no, no. You know, like this is actually who I am. So I do think it's important that people that are cisgender really step into that space and, and understand what it means to misgender someone and what it means to use the wrong pronouns because we would never accept that, you know, as people. Like, if someone was like, like oh, Emma, you're a boy. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, no, I'm not. And that would mess with my head if people consistently did that. So I do think it is, of course, important. I'm, like, preaching to the choir here, I'm sure. But, like, <laughs> we need to get people's pronouns right because it is a big deal. Yeah. And and not too many mistakes because it's a big deal. <laughs> You're just coming so, after everyone though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like do better. Do better. Seriously. 
Uh, Anywho, how are you feeling? Like, how are you? How's like your mental health around coming out? How's my <laughs> God? This has turned in like a therapy session. Um. <laughs> we all deserve a good therapy session. I'm doing good. I think. Um, I I think I I don't know. I mean, it's something I think you were trying to on there is like empathy, right? You're like you were literally like putting yourself. You're like I've never been called he, you know. And I think, mm, yes. I think when I think of empathy, I think a lot of like, um, I think of like, um, like a, opinions, you know, that people have. Like, so mm. many people have had opinions about me sharing my gender identity, right? And like, mm. to me, like, an opinion is just, it's the lowest form of knowledge. Like, mm. anyone can have an opinion right about like anything but it's like that and then on the other end of that the highest form of knowledge is like empathy because mm. it requires us to like you know completely like look outside the situation like suspend ourselves and our egos or whatever and like you know live in another person's shoes and like it just it's for me it's like this self this understanding that is like the opposite of like ignorant it's just like to me it's like not it's like you're knowledgeable I don't know does that even make any sense (laughs) yeah no it's just like you don't have to like to connect with people and to try and see them you don't have to know where they're coming from empirically like you can like you said kind of suspend who you are and your experiences for a second and really respect how other people experience the world and I think you said that absolutely beautifully and it is I mean you have experienced people sharing their opinions (laughs) right but that's been so telling to me right because that's how I view opinions so I'm like I I can just tell in in both ways like I can tell I'm like there's so many people out there like willing to be empathetic and like learn and willing to unlearn and like grow with me and like support me and then you have the people that just have opinions about it and I'm like, it just so it's been really like telling for me about like who's on yeah. the side, who's not, and like, yeah, you know, I I was talking to my mom after I came out, and mm-hmm. she was like, it's um, it's important to be who you are so the right people love you, and it's just been mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, the right people are loving me right now, and like I just felt so much support and like love because and like. It's because I came out as who I, who I am and who I've always been. I'm going to cry. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. oh, my gosh. Okay. Speaking of your mom, speaking of you, speaking of you and your mom, you have to share a baby Nikki story. Well, I have to share a baby Nikki story. Um, there's, there's too many. A non-binary, I want it. I want... A non-binary Nikki baby story. Yes, those are one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I I feel like there's a lot. Maybe the Hawaii, maybe the Hawaii story, or maybe a shorter story. Is that one too long? Yeah, we'll do shorter. Um, okay. The Hawaii story is good, though, if anyone ever gets to hear it. <laughs> it's actually Mexico, but... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why do I say Hawaii? I'm so sorry. Mexico. Okay, fine. I'll just tell the Mexico story. 
Uh, <laughs> I was in um, my entire extended family wanted to. We did this vacation down in Mexico. Um, it was like my my grandma and all her kids. My mom is one of six, so I have a lot of um, you know cousin aunts and uncles, and we all went down to Mexico. And I was like, I think six or seven years old, and. Mm-hmm. The kids, like, all the grandkids were doing this, like, um, week-long, like, we were there for a week, like, uh, vac- like vacation, like, camp, basically, that the hotel we were staying at, like, the resort was, like, putting on. Whatever. All of us were in, like, these age group, like, summer camp things for a week. Okay. And I was, you know, with the six-year-olds or whatever and the first graders and I, you know, had short hair. I only wore boy- boys clothing. Like I was like an athlete, like the, whatever. Like that was like just to paint the picture of like what little Nikki looked like. You also had a little space in between your front teeth, right? I definitely had lost some teeth for sure. Um, I was cute. <laughs> I was cute for sure. You were so cute and you had all these freckles and like... <laughs> you were the cutest <sighs> baby Nikki was so cute okay sorry continue um anyway so I was in this program for a week and you know it was fun we'd play sports and like games and arts and crafts and whatever at the end of the the week there was like a ta- not like a talent show but like a production or whatever like all the age groups were doing like a little skit and there was very like it was very gendered like it was like the six-year-old girls are doing this skit the six-year-old boys are doing this one and whatever like Mm -hmm. and I the whole camp everyone thought I was a boy right because I dressed like a boy my hair was short like a boy like and I did not correct them when they were like when they called me he or like you know Mm -hmm. I was like yeah like for this week I'm a boy like I'm just gonna like like yeah, yeah like this is so it was so fun to me to like be in that space and like no one knew I was in Mexico like no one knew who I was or like that I wasn't actually a boy or whatever and um I it was like the talent show and I was so I because I was like perceived as a boy I was like in the boy skit and the head of the camp actually knew like he knew my gender because some you know the forms you fill out whatever it's like my parents were like female like circled it you know <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he came up he was so concerned because he knew and he knew that I was in the boys skit and he came up to my parents like before the like show he's like hey like I just gotta let you guys know like sometimes this happens but like your daughter has chosen to be like you know in the boys skit like I just like need it and they're like okay like and my parents were not surprised at all they're like of course like Nikki did like you know right right we we know our kid (laughs) like yeah and um so they're like oh that's fine he's like yeah okay but the thing is is like um they're doing their skits a little like and my mom's like what like what's the skit they're doing he's like um it's like bare chested (laughs) what (laughs) like the skit starts and like we walk out on stage and it's me and like six other boys and we're wearing like our shirts are off like and we're wearing board shorts like bathing suits and we start do this like whole dance to like the song macho man and and my parents are just watching every and at one part like we're just like flexing our muscles like the the camp counselors had painted like six packs on our stomachs like 
it's just this like <laughs> like and um I at one point I, I think at the very end we finished the skit with like push-ups you know and oh my God. I was I had been doing junior guards all summer like before we left for Mexico so I was like really good at push-ups and yeah I just started busting out these push-ups like I was probably doing like 20 or whatever and people in the audience mm. were like oh my gosh my aunt remembered like the the guy that was sitting next to my aunt was like oh my god look at that one in the middle like his push-ups are really good and then <laughs> my aunt just goes that's my niece <laughs> and like, oh my gosh it was just so funny and like um I think my dad has the like the whole skit like recorded and I don't know it was oh. just when I when oh I was tell, you know talking to my parents about like you know talking to them about my gender identity, they were like telling me all kinds of stories like that, and I was like, of course I remembered that one, but yeah, it was funny to hear their perspective. I didn't know that like the camp counselor would have like you know been concerned, and my parents were like, that's okay, like hell yeah, <laughs> you know, like oh. our daughter's got the best push-ups. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible so was that like a good childhood memory that like you have where you're like I have that experience and I felt like I was able to do that and that was who I am you know yeah I mean I, I think it's kind of sad because I remember it's it's really happy like I think it's really funny and like everyone you know remembers it and like there's literally a, my dad has a cam like his gold camcorder there's a recording of it like Mm-hmm. it is a very funny memory I think but like I don't know I think the reason it's funny is because it's like oh haha girl's boy you know or like mm. you know there's kind of this like tint to it where, it, where it's like yeah. actually for a week of my life like that was so 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 like affirming for me to like you know no one at this camp like knew my gender yeah. and I could just like be and I wanted to be in the boy skit so I could be you know and I think yeah. yeah, I kind of had little moments of that also growing up with like, um, you know, whenever all obviously all the kids I grew up with, like knew I was a girl. And but whenever we would have mm-hmm. like we'd go on like field trips and there'd be like another school there, like, you know, all they would none of the other kids would think I was a boy. And so it was like, mm-hmm. I remember moments where people were like he and then my cl- classmates would be like she you know, trying to correct mm. them when really I was like, no, 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 no. Like, you can call me he, you know? Yeah. And also moments where, you know, that day, this is another story my mom told, but um, like we would have, we had a substitute teacher and both my parents are, were educators. And this substitute like knew my, my parents or whatever, because mm-hmm. they're all teachers. And yeah, you know, she, she subbed in my class for the day and, um, whatever then then like a week later she sees my mom in the grocery store and she's like oh my god like I had subbed for your your daughter but like I had never met your son like it was so nice to meet him and like referring to me and I was because and my mom just like was like she didn't correct like the sub she was like oh yeah you know like just like she didn't have the heart to be like um you know like I have two daughters like Right. So I think it's just moments where I I I kind of wish that like no one knew and we could all just like choose. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So there's a lot of like similar stories like that that I remember or have. That makes I think that makes so much sense and just the like 
what a weird feeling that like when people are like trying to correct or whatever you're like no actually that is like like yeah who I am and and what I would prefer right so even I mean like um I remember in a in a bathroom like you know I would would mm -hmm. use the girls bathroom and Mm -hmm. I think it was a field trip situation where other schools were there and someone was like kind of aggressive like you can't be in here like you can't be in this bathroom like this is the girls bathroom and like I was getting Mm -hmm. in trouble in the moment right like I was like do a quote-unquote right wrong but inside I was like so 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 happy that this person was so convinced I was a boy you know right so it's just this kind of conflict of like I don't know I don't think that stuff it it's like there's there's good and bad things to it all like it's just I have this really unique perspective of what it's like to like live in one body but like feel a different way yeah I don't know. I'm going off now, but. No. Oh my gosh. No, I love it. And I think it's so like, I'm so grateful that like you're sharing that and that we, I get to hear like I and other people get to hear that because like, that's not an experience that I've had in my life, but it's really important that I understand that that has been your experience. Mm -hmm. No. And I think hearing that also is important because I know some people have been like, like well why did you need to show this Nikki like why did you need to be so public about it and I feel like the stories that you're sharing are a great example of why it's so important that mm-hmm. you can share your gender identity and obviously that anyone can share any identity that they have but like yeah yeah I think that's I'm like us feeling seen especially around our gender identity is so important and it can be so defining in our life so yeah yeah I mean I think it can be seen in any aspect too though you know not at all not just like you know gender or sexuality just like Mm -hmm. and yeah and you (laughs) circling back to these people (laughs) I think that was obviously like you know one of our questions like is like when have you felt most seen and I just I love how each guest only Scott, like only Scott basically referred to um, his sexuality when he was talking about like being seen. Mm. The other three, like Maria, Jen, and Cindy, it was completely, you know, different things. It was like, oh, when my friends, like, you know, when someone, when someone can tell that like something's, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like, I, I, I guess I loved like that. That's, you know, we're, we're so much more than even though we're part of like the LGBTQ community, we're so much more than like our genders and our sexualities. And like, yeah, I think I loved, I love that question each time. And I, I love it because it's not necessarily like about sexuality. I, I agree. And I think kind of what I took away from everyone's interpretation of that question is that, like you said, often it is, it goes beyond just identity and it speaks to, when we feel understood and when we feel connected to others Mm -hmm. and I think for me where it does combine with our identities is that when we feel seen in our identities we are more able to connect with others yeah on a deeper level so I completely yeah I agree with you I think it's it's important to look outside of identity and it's also important to like tap into it for better connection Mm -hmm. definitely Okay, so Emma, I was thinking that 
I could ask you, well, that question of, you know, when have you felt most seen? That was one of our final three questions. And I was hoping, since you're my guest on this episode, that I could ask you the closing three questions. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah, of course. (laughs) As if, like, if you if you were actually the guest on this, I've been talking way too much as the host. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We're all here because we want to know more about you. And that's the tea. Well, I want to know more about you. So I'm going to ask you the closing three questions. And I get, what was the first one? I, what is your love language? Start out with a banger. Emma Gee, what's your love language? Okay, so my love language is for people that I love, I like physical touch. Mm, yes. I love it. Lots so of hugs. <laughs> hugs and other stuff, yeah. I will literally be driving and <laughs> there's not a moment where your hand isn't like on my hand. <laughs> like, yeah. When we're, whenever we're going somewhere. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I feel like I should mention that we're dating because I don't know if we have in this podcast, but I don't just randomly hold people's hands. Yeah, Nikki is my person, my lover, and and I hold their hand anytime in the car, and I have learned to give some personal space when driving is happening. So I'm learning. I'm learning for sure, but I'm all about physical touch. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect because that's my love language too, so it works out. And words of affirmation. I feel like Oh that that's your second? Yeah. I think I don't know. I think so. What's your second? I think it's quality time. It is? Okay. Yes. Quality time. Which is why we're doing a distance relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Going well. (laughs) The irony. We love that. Yeah. The uh the physical touch is going really well over a distance. We have the perfect love languages for a distance relationship. <laughs> I'm oh like laughing, but my heart hurts right now. So <laughs> you're like, it's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. There's tears rolling down my face. I just need someone's hand to hold right now. I need your hand to hold specifically. I don't want a stranger's hand to hold. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not yeah, right. It is a, it is a love language, so it's you know, unless you were loving a stranger, I don't know. Yeah, if anyone <laughs> else tries to hold my hand, I'd be like, I don't like to be touched. <laughs> oh, <Anyway>. I, I'm <laughs> <feel> so honored. <laughs> okay, okay. So question number two is this is your question, Emma. Um, when oh. is a time you knew you were special? And you ask, I love when you ask people, I love when I'm with you and you ask, you're like meeting someone for the first time and you ask this question because I'm like, you just get so excited to ask it. And then the person is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But then they end up saying something and it'll be like my friend I've known forever. And you ask this question. I'm like, I didn't know this about you. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's a great question. So Emma, when is the time that you knew you were special? I think the one the the one that we use as an example um is definitely when I got basically the answer correct um for like a for like a class competition there was two teams 
And it was like, whoever gets the most questions right wins a pizza party or whatever. And we were down to the last question and I knew the answer. And, you know, I was fairly new to the school at that point. So I kind of needed some a credibility, you know, swag as a person. And I ended up getting the answer right. It was lemons. Um, cause it was like, how do you cure scurvy? And I don't know, like I walked out of the classroom that day, just knowing that I was special and like, there was just something about me, um, that was just so, I don't know if the word's like glorious or like, <laughs> I don't know, but I genuinely, I genuinely left the classroom just feeling like I am so ready to take on the world. And yeah. I guess I found as I've moved forward in life. Um, I still have that audacity to this day and (laughs) I just I think I'm special I genuinely do and so you know as much as a main character as I am I definitely like to hear kind of how other people see themselves in terms of their their journey and everything and I think asking when they feel they're special is I don't know it's cool (laughs) it just it's just I think it's just an opportunity to kind of be like oh yeah this is like I don't know yeah. how I feel and and you yeah. can, I can I can feel the confidence from here <laughs> can you? I, th- I think it's so you said I was gonna say you were the main character that day and then for forever more <laughs> I really was I don't and I don't know I'm like I think that's maybe the moment that I'm asking Will for is I'm like when did you yeah. realize that like you were the, you main, were the main character, character. in your uh-huh. story specifically um yeah, or when did you have like a main character moment? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like what when's yeah. when's your moment? <laughs> I mean I mean we have a lot of those. I mean that's one of the reasons that I felt so connected to you is because when I asked you that question, like you had an immediate answer. Wait, I'm what like, did yeah. I say? That's so embarrassing. An immediate answer. <laughs> um, I think okay, so I've asked you it several times. Um, but one of the first times the first times that I asked it to you, you said that it was when you were in elementary school and I think it was that like a teacher was telling your mom at parent teacher conferences that everyone was fighting to be your friend. Oh, because, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, like all the kids had come in from recess for like reading time or whatever and everyone was sitting around the circle and there's like a commotion um because like kids weren't sitting down or something and the issue was that everyone wanted to sit next to you and and, like the teacher was just like I don't know what to do Nikki's just so popular um so I think that was the first time when I asked you that question that that you told that to me and I was just like that's exactly like yes like that's the moment that I'm looking for because you're just like I'm special yeah yeah that was yeah that is and it's so funny because I think I heard that story like my mom told it to me later in life Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I I'm special, and I was special back then too." You know, <laughs> like it's like, yes. Oh, hundred percent. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And maybe both of those experiences just like are speaking to a time where we felt like a very strong sense of like belonging and right. you know community. I mean, maybe that's all it is. But I liked I liked I like it to sure. be Let's like, tie back to special. community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, that's a, that's a great, it's a great question. Anyone that's like needs an icebreaker or something, it's just like, when is the time you knew you're special? It's just like a perfect, I don't know. I love it. I love hearing people's answers to it. Yeah. Um, okay. So our final question, what's the 
podcast is all about or the title of it um it's about being seen question is emma gee when have you felt most seen i feel the most seen when i see myself and that happens it's happened a lot throughout my life but basically anytime I have a breakthrough moment like it's the most meaningful when I kind of recognize how like struggling with the words here but like (laughs) (laughs) but like for example when I was able to come out at BYU Mm -hmm. that was a great like personal victory for me and it wasn't as much about being seen by the school or whoever it was that I told it was very meaningful because I understood my story and my journey through a very conservative religious culture and I understood all the work that I had to put into understand myself and all the work I had to put in into kind of you know navigating the consequences of coming out in a really homophobic place and so you know by the time I did it and I came out it was just this moment where I'm like I feel very seen by myself and I feel thoroughly understood and I haven't taken like any shortcuts to getting where I am and yeah so I think I feel seen when I feel seen by myself (laughs) I love that I feel like you know like that's so it's so much more powerful when it's yourself than it like when you're searching like whereas opposed to people who are searching for something for like other people's like validation or whatever it's like you know when you can do it yourself it's like I don't know It seems to be a thing that's more within your control. I definitely Mm -hmm. don't want to be shaming to anyone that is looking for validation outside of themselves because that's very human and that's normal. And obviously we need community, I think, as we've talked about. Um, But I know that being seen by yourself is, I think, one of the most powerful things that you can do in life. Yeah. Was Was there like a moment when you like, you know you came out and you wrote this article and like like and you like I don't know like looked at yourself in the mirror or something and you were like you know like I I see myself you know or or was it just more like metaphorical I it happened a lot when I would talk to myself on runs honestly (laughs) like I I think I was just in a situation where I couldn't have a lot of conversations exploring my sexuality with anyone publicly, you know, or privately just because of the situation that I was in at BYU. So I talked to myself and and there was never like this, maybe there was like a breakthrough moment when I was Googling, um, am I gay? Like maybe that was like the moment. <laughs> Because then you're like, okay. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, we've all been like Googling like, oh, what's what's it mean to be lesbian or whatever? You know, that's like the education (laughs) stuff. But I think it was definitely like talking to myself in a very non-judgmental way out loud on runs. Because, you know, here I am, this like little Mormon girl, um, you know, who doesn't like my context for sexuality is, is, you know, very heteronormative. 
And I had to have very non-judgmental conversations with myself where I'd be like, let's talk through my attraction. Like, do I think, you know, like, what does attraction mean? What does that mean for me personally? Like, is that something that I ever want to quote unquote act out on? You know, like, do I want to sacrifice everything that I have within the culture that I was raised in? So I think I saw myself by giving myself space when I would talk to myself. Because I think that's just like the challenging condition thinking. And I had to do that like one on one in my own mind over and over and over again so that I could get to a place where I could communicate that to other people that also, (laughs) you know, were from that, that culture and of that mindset. So I think that's where I saw myself a lot. And that's where I gained a lot of confidence because I'm like, if I can, you know, get through this with myself you know, having kind of come from where I come from, you know, Mm -hmm. then like I can navigate it publicly at some point. So I think that's where the, like I saw myself the most is talking through things. Wow. You're the way that you can challenge the way that you were conditioned to think is so incredible to me. Like, it's just so inspiring. It's like, and, and we all like, you know you were raised mormon but like we all were raised in a society where like okay wait we actually do have to like you know maybe think differently than how we're like it's just so i don't know it's you're incredible and i love you (laughs) (laughs) i i love you too and i you're right we all have to do it in our own life like with our own identities and with other social issues as well so i think that that's it's a really important skill set to have I think no matter who you are yeah of course definitely and I've I feel like I've learned so much from you about that (laughs) I've learned so much from you you're coming out is inspiring and just it's it's like every coming out story every time someone shows up with their identity is is like like incredible doesn't even fully embody it because there's so much work and there's so many emotions Mm -hmm. And there's so much like honoring of where you come from and and where you want to be that has to happen. So, I mean, I'm just so, I'm just like, in least Patreon's way, like, I'm so proud of you. And like, you're absolutely amazing. And of course, I love you so much. So just like congratulations on coming out babe like that's amazing well thanks babe you too thank you (laughs) not me crying okay (laughs) well I mean these stories are just you know these next four podcasts are just that right they're these four people's coming out stories and you know it's all the all the feels and all the like you know incredible work that they had to do to get there and yeah I think I'm just so excited to share these with everyone and um yeah I think I guess this is a good place to end it (laughs) anything anything more you want to say I wish everyone the best of luck (laughs) best of luck out there best of luck in this world you got this And yeah, thank you for being part of this Pride 5K community. We hope we hope you enjoy our first annual It's About Being Seen season. <laughs>